and welcome to the Library Girl and Book Boy podcast. This week I am chatting to one of my favourite funny authors for middle grade readers, David Solomons, who you might know from the fantastic My Brother is a Superhero series from Nosy Crow, or as a writer for the recent episode of Doctor Who and some of the accompanying books. But I'm chatting with him today about the last instalment in his superhero series, My Cousin is a Time Traveller, which is published by Nosy Crow and has a cover designed by Robin Boyden with typography by Rob Bidolf. everyone we are very lucky this evening because we are talking to one of my favorite funny authors David Solomons about what appears to be the final installment in his superhero series which is called My Cousin is a Time Traveller. Hi there David. Hi Joe. Hi Joe. I love that um, I love this idea that it appears to be you seem to be there's some, <laughs> some ambiguity about it which we shall clear up shortly. <laughs> oh, I'm being very optimistic <laughs> okay. but yes we can discuss that further later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, precisely. So, do you want to just maybe start by telling us what uh... what it's about? Yeah, yes. that would be good, wouldn't it? That always helps. Yes. Um, so, for those who don't know anything about the series, um, a very very quick preamble. Um, My brother's a superhero. Um, is narrated by Luke Parker, who's a comic book mad eleven year old, and has uh, an older brother called Zach. Um, who's 14 and owing to a terribly unfortunate uh, call of nature um, Luke, Luke misses out on getting superpowers and Zach has turned into a superhero and so I've been writing, this is the fifth book uh, about those two and their friends Serge and Lara and Cara and um, in book five we discover um, that Luke and Zach have a cousin called Dina and it appears that while they've been having superhero adventures, she's been having time travel adventures. She's got time travel powers, um, which I'm not going to explain how she's got them uh, now, but you'll find out uh, when, if you read it. Um, and uh, she's come back from the future. She's just visited the near future um, and come back with a warning. There has been an uprising of machines, um, domestic appliances to be exact, um, and a Servitron 2000 washer dryer shortly after a 30 degree eco wash has become self-aware and um, and then decided to take over the world in a very domestic appliance humdrum sort of fashion um, and uh, and that's that's the fate that awaits us all and so Dina's come back to say we can avert this um, if we work together and that sets us off on uh, my cousin as a time traveler. Yes, wow. I do you know I, it wouldn't surprise me if appliances did become self-aware because frankly most now are more intelligent than me. So. Yeah, yeah, I know that there's a line actually, this sort of inspired by um, a line somebody I read somewhere or somebody told me that there's more technology in the average washing machine these days than was in the entire Apollo 11 space program that put, you know, a man on the moon. And um, <laughs> I can believe it. Um, and I just thought that's a really good place to, to go from. Yeah. Um, especially yeah. the washing machine bit, yeah. Well, isn't that terrifying? Um, yes, it is, <laughs> frankly, yes. And I mean, I, I, sort of counterintuitively, um, I, I went out and bought an Alexa and uh, 
I've turned oh. my home. I've done the thing that the father in the in the book has done. I'm, I said in the name of research, but frankly, I'm just too uh, susceptible to buying gadgets. And um, and so now we have this sort of calm uh, end of the world Alexa voice um, in the house. And the, the really scary thing, of course, is that the kids are are completely au fait with it. Oh God, I just said Alexa and I've set her off. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the kids are completely and utterly, it's like now part of their lives and, and as if it has always been thus. That's slightly terrifying. And so the book is a bit about that. <laughs> yeah, frightening echoes of reality, I think. Mm. Mm. So anyway, back to the book. Um, yes. early, early on in the book, you appear to make a bit of a cameo. Yes. Or at least your alter ego Arthur Vizat. Yes, there's there's a mishearing of um, Luke is not listening, and his friend Serge, who's, who's French, starts to starts talking about this guy coming in called Arthur Visa, and actually, he's, what he's saying is we're having an author visit, and um, <laughs> and the guy who comes in it does bear a remarkable resemblance to me. Yeah, yeah. I kind of have written myself into the book um, in a massive act of egotism. As you should. <laughs> But do you know why I did it? The thing is, I mean, there's, there's it's, it's funny. I did it so that I could say goodbye to my characters in the book. And there's, there is a moment when the author says goodbye to Luke yes. and Lara yes. and Sarah. And, and, and I thought, you know, I, I, that's why, that's why I did it. I wanted to, I wanted to be on the page and say goodbye to them <laughs> because this is the last one. <laughs> wow. uh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so so uh, you, you pop up as you said on an author visit, and it doesn't seem to go entirely successfully. I don't seem very interested in what he has to say. So I was just wondering. I know you've done lots of visits, <laughs> and I was wondering if this was based on your own experience, and if you would care to share or give us for having a really oh, good author visit. Absolutely, but I'm so I, I'm absolutely terrified of doing these things, and 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 this notion somehow that. As a children's author, you know, your your publisher sits you down shortly after you get your deal and says, right, okay, part of the deal is you now have to go and talk about your book in front of lots of children. Mm-hmm. And um and I, I I am I I am was I don't know, am I still shy? I'm I'm a very kind of tentative sort of chap and this terrified the life out of me. Uh, and I've got better at it because I've had to, but I still have this sort of sense I'm standing there that, you know, if they don't laugh at the appropriate moment or if I'm just looking and there's like these these kind of just sort of frozen faces or, 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 or you know, girls twiddling their hair or whatever, yeah. that they're just not interested. So I, I always think it goes really badly and uh, I always have to be propped up by um, a publicist or a bookseller to say, it went really well. <laughs> and whether they're lying to me, I don't know. But um, I, do, I, do, I do enjoy it um, quite a lot now. Um, which sort of goes against what I've just said, but you know, I just um, there is something about when it works, and when it's the right number of kids and the energy in the in the in the gym or the assembly hall is right, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. It's wonderful, and and the you know the faces are shining, and you know you you know you're getting through to them, and that's super. Um, um, but yes, it um, it I can't go for me. It, it goes wrong, and um, when I'm put in front of the wrong age group. <laughs> Right. Um, because my stuff uh, these books are superhero stories and so I think if the person organising it has not read too closely or hasn't read the book they think well all the kids 
love superheroes. And so that will be fine for our year twos and mm. uh, three, you know, and, and uh, it's not. <laughs> it, it, my, my presentation is just a little pitched a bit uh, um, higher than that. Yeah. And um, it, that, that can be tricky because um, that, that's, that's when it kind of goes wrong. Alternatively, um, you know, the best ones are when two ones surprise and delight you discover when you get to the school that they've been reading the book um, or, or, or using it as a launch pad for exercises for the last week or two or, <laughs> and, uh, and, and they, they know about the characters, they know about the story and, and then you can actually kind of get into, you can go deeper um, about you know, the writing and that, that's, um, that's fun too. It's, it's more than where do you get your ideas from, which you know is a valid question, but it's nice to be asked something else. <laughs> Yeah. So your key advice would be make sure you have actually checked out the books the authors write before you book <laughs> them and decide who's seeing them. That seems a bit basic, doesn't it? But, you know, I'm going to stick with that. Yeah. I think that's a good starting point. And then do some work around the book beforehand in an ideal world. I think if you if you want to dig into it, I do think there's a reluctance. I mean, this is where we get onto something you and I feel quite strongly about, mm-hmm. that they say, oh, it's a silly title. It must be a silly book. It's not got anything serious to say about, you know, it's not an issue-led book, so it'll just be a bit of fun. And um, I think that that's a shame. I think that the, the, there are a lot of funny books around that do more <laughs> than just be funny. Yeah. And even if they only, if they're just funny, you know, let's. Why don't we look at why the funny? I mean, yeah, I know they say it's death to dig into comedy and see just why. Why is it funny? Let's, let's analyze a joke. But you know, it's it's about language, use of language, and that's surely worth um, studying at school and thinking about what happens if you take a passage in a, in in one of my books that you find funny. What happens if you take a word out what happens if you move the sentence round a bit is it still funny is it uh, you know things like that i think are, are interesting so um yeah no, rant good. over no good <laughs> it's good to rant about funny books i'm glad that we're on the same page about that because I think yeah same way and uh, that's a whole nother podcast so i'm not going to talk about that now we had to talk about we'll save that one yes another arthur Vizat is asked by luke for some top secret, high class writing advice because um, Luke has been writing a bit of a book himself, we discover. And mm-hmm. he asks Arthur for his top advice, and his advice is know how it ends. Yeah. So I'm wondering when you started all those years ago writing the very first installment of this series, did you know? how you wanted the arc to end several books later or has it progressed more as you yeah so i think that um there there is an arc in these books i think the books can be read on their own and you can pick them up anywhere and you you'll be able to pretty much pick up what's going on you don't have to read them in order you get more out of them if you do read them in order so there there is a kind of yes there are there's this kind of character development and 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 it goes it does go somewhere and when i started writing i did have a grand plan about what was going what the fifth book was going to be about and how you know how how it would all pay off and when i came to write it 
I've been holding on to this. In fact, I told I told uh, my editor about it. Obviously, we discussed it. And when I got into it, I realized it didn't work. Mm. It just didn't fit. And I could have forced it, but I've learned that that's bad. <laughs> that, the, you know, the characters at this point kind of just need to be set up and then they'll they'll tell the story for me. And um, if, if I'd forced them, I think it would have felt false. And actually what was great was that they were kind of taking me to another place. And I, I, and I think now um, I hope when people read it and read the ending, it feels to me like it couldn't possibly end any other way. And so that feels like um, it must be the right quote unquote ending. Um, uh, but yeah, so so yes, I did have a plan, but I changed it. I do think there's something in Arthur Bizat's advice, though, um, about, you know, the whole plotter versus pantser kind of writing. Do you plot every move of your book or do you just write it by the seat of your pants? Mm-hmm. And I think the truth is most writers are somewhere in the middle. I, I have swithered from, I've tried to plot and I've also tried to pants and um, pantsing requires m- much more heavy revision uh, stage for me. The plotting does seem to short circuit it. Um, and I can get a finished draft quite quickly. But I think with, with the plotting, um, it's nice to have something to aim at. I think uh, yeah. uh, having an ending, having an image of an ending, having a, a whole chapter in your head or you know, our last few lines, having those things to aim at is very helpful, especially when the, in that kind of bumpy, turbulent middle section that I think all writers struggle with, um, mm. the dark days. Yes, the dark days. Actually, the end of this book does circle back very nicely to the very beginning of the whole series, doesn't it? So Yeah, yeah, without giving too much away. Um I think that the the whole series has been motivated by um Luke, this one moment that Luke continually refers to this moment they missed out on and I, I don't want to say anymore yet but yes I'm I'm, I'm happy that uh, I think it's as I said that it feels now it's a very kind of right ending so um, yes okay. don't want to spoil it <laughs> anymore let's talk super villains instead because all of your books have had unlikely amazing yeah. super villains and well that's said, nice if you just say so yes <laughs> where you get your ideas from I dread, I dread to think and in this one you've got as you said kind of washing machine domestic appliance AI gone rogue robot figure um, yeah. it's not I don't think too far in the future from actually possibly being our reality and uh, I was just wondering yeah. which of your villains if you can possibly pick a favourite villain which villain has been your favourite to write and why yeah, and why? I I, I think um, with superhero stories, you need you you really do need a, an antagonist that that poses a real threat, um, a, a real obstacle to your hero. Even in my you know slightly silly superhero stories, you still want a sense that the the heroes are going to are up against something much bigger than them. And um, I mean, in, in the first book. Um, um, Christopher Talbot, it, he, he doesn't even know he's the villain until uh, he, he thinks he's, he's, he's like Luke and that he wants to be a superhero. And it, it turns out that in his effort to become a superhero, he's, he's, made, he's turned himself into a villain. So I quite like that. I, I liked I, I, that. That felt to me that um, that was a nice kind of move in the book where 
um, even the bad guy didn't know he was the bad guy until it was pointed out to him. Um, so he, I, I'm quite fond of him. I think in the um, the third book, um, Luke meets his evil twin, and there's a classic superhero thing. If you look at any of the superhero movies, the the villains are almost always a kind of a, a mirror image of the hero. Um, they do the kind of they do that kind of thing, and so in in my evil twin is a supervillain. Uh, Luke meets um, evil Luke, who is is not. <laughs> he's kind of evil, but it's, he, I, I like him because he's he's quite complex and actually. It's the one book where it gets quite sad, <laughs> uh, and his motivation is a, it, it comes from a really sad, good place for for his actions. Although his actions are are terrible, so I think that's interesting because he's complex. Um, and um, I like the, uh, the, uh, the 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 overlord from from my gym teacher is an alien overlord. The um, the 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 alien gym teachers, or they all look like gym teachers. Luke's gym teacher, um, and she is kind of um, she's the most knowing. She's she's kind of part of their whole thing. That the that race is that the that it's a um, a, a reality show that they're invading Earth just basically for the for the ratings, and yeah. um, so she's very sort of aware of all that side of things, which seems quite modern. She's it's quite meta. And so I, I enjoyed writing her very much. I had intended to bring her back um, as maybe a kind of a big reveal, pull back the curtain, and, and she was going to be there. But again, didn't work out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we'll have to see. <laughs> definitely try and find a way to. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> That's very good. Um, so, so you meant we, well, we both mentioned about funny books mirroring um current times and addressing kind of current issues and one of the things that i picked up in my cousin is a time traveler is celebrities as authors because um you have in the story billy dark who is a bit of a musical legend and he believes that he is a best-selling author and i was just wondering if perhaps you including that in your book was maybe a bit of a warning for readers about yeah you know what i think i think it is i think so first of all billy dark is one of those throwaway gags throwaway characters that that's been in every single book and uh, uh, luke's friend lara her big sister Kara, is a huge billy dark fan it's been kind of one of those uh you know, uh, um, yeah. So he's been in it as I just mentioned, and then in the final book, um, I wanted to do something with this notion of um, a celebrity book, a celebrity authored children's book that's really dangerous, that has an actual physical threat. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, who, who's it going to be? And of course, it was great. I already had my celebrity that I had obviously brilliantly put in there right from the beginning ha 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 um, so, <laughs> yeah um so so billy dark uh, um it's his book or so he thinks yes it gets a, it gets a bit complicated because there's a bit of mind control yeah. uh, yes um i think there's a line about of course, the the only reason a mega successful pop star would write a children's book is if he were being mind controlled to do so. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so my thing is, yeah, I I I'm poking. I am having a gentle go. I'm I'm not 
Um, but I do. Okay, here's the thing. I I hope that all of these celebrity authored books are actually authored by by the celebrities um, on the front cover. Yeah. Um, and and for me that means starting with a blank page and a head full of story, <laughs> um, and actually getting it out of your head and onto the page. Anything else is not authoring. Right. Um, so um, that that to me is. The, you know the the one criterion um and the thing that concerns me is kind of a quality control issue and um, there are some good celebrity authored books and i would say that there are a number of not good um not so good and it worries me that kids who's who are maybe not um, reading terribly much. Maybe it's the only book they're reading this year are being given a celebrity authored book. And, you know, they're reading it. It's, it's not the best example out there. Um, not one of the best examples out there. They're going to think, well, if this is reading, then I'll go and do something else. And I don't think that's a really good investment um, for the future um, for our industry. So that is that is all I have to say about that. That is a very good promise. Forrest Gump quote there. <laughs> Very diplomatically put. Well done. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> True diplomat. Um, okay. So moving on from celebrity authors, what is next? Is this really the end of your superhero characters? Could there be a lovely graphic novel spin-off, perhaps? Do do people do that? I mean, you know, I'm oh. I'm 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 an opportunistic sort of chap. If somebody wants to uh, to do a spin-off of it, I'm I'm open to suggestion. Um, you know, I'm still fighting a good fight trying to trying to get it set up um, as as a film. Um, but um, you know, I I think that's uh, that's a big ask. Um, so, but I think for now, I think it's a good place to to pause. Uh, you know, I, I like the uh, the underrated. Bond movie, never say never again. I, I uh, <laughs> let's let's see what happens in the years to come. But for now, I'm I feel like I've I've told the story. The arc is complete, and um, you know I haven't killed anyone off. It's not a Game of Thrones carnage ending. Oh, if, if I wanted to revisit it, um, I absolutely could. And I think with Dina, the time traveler, there's a sort of you know possibility for. Yeah. From mucking around with, uh, with going back and, and and reinserting new stories in the timeline, which, um, but I, I, my plan is um, to to do something brand new, which um, I, I've I've got on my, uh, you know, I've got <laughs> I've got a, a working title, and uh, and and I'm looking forward to starting a new series. I hope. Okay. I would say I hope. I mean, I hope it's a new series, a new book, definitely. Yes. Okay. So, what? Can you tell us about what you're currently working on? I know you've been um, heavily involved, well, involved in writing um, for the Doctor Who series, and you've written yes. some books as well, uh, which are very good. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so yeah, um, I've just finished a draft of the next uh, Doctor Who book, which is Doctor Who in the Maze of and the Maze of Doom. Mm. Which is a kind of minotaur on the London Underground sort of vibe about it, cool. um, and um, so I'll be doing um, a bit of editing on that. I will be starting um, the next book, a brand new book for Nosy Crow, um, and I, I just I, I I know what it's about. They know what it's about. I don't want to talk about it because it's at that point where 
it's it's a kind of fragile flower of an idea. Okay. Um, I think you know there's lots of characters. That the situation I think is 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 right. It's that thing I kind of um, I think it's quite important uh, uh, um, that I do something different for for me, but also the same. So it's um it's, it was coming up with something that's both that that the readers of my brothers the superhero series will naturally. I hope gravitate towards um, something that's sort of familiar, uh, but also gives them a different, um, a different world and obviously different characters to enjoy. But not, it's not so far away um, that, yeah, um, it, it, I think it's quite clearly me. Um, so that's that's yeah, that's the main thing. And I'm writing um, uh, a book with my wife, um, who is also a novelist and has been uh, writing uh, uh, grown-up books. So we're doing a, um, a, a something together, which I can't talk about either. Grown-up um, book or children's book? No, grown-up book. <laughs> ah. Yes, and, um, and a couple of TV projects so there's one um a series which is at an interesting point which um which you know has has gathered a bit of momentum and may go forward um and uh yeah so it's it's busy in the solomon's household at the moment it really is so obviously my cousin is a time traveler is your now book do you have anything yes. penciled in the timeline for the coming year or are you working on this new idea and seeing how that goes before you're committed to any kind of deadline oh no that will be that will be out next year that is um we're we're all systems go uh that the plan is for it to be out um next year uh where um, um my brother's a superhero you know would have been i think that's the plan <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's the plan mm-hmm. uh, so yes no i don't want to i don't want to leave any uh don't want to leave any uh, unsightly gaps. <laughs> Very wise. That's something to look forward to then, isn't it? I'll keep my eyes and ears open on Twitter for any hints of information. Good, good. <laughs> no. well, that brings me to the end of my questions. So... All I have left to say really to you is thank you very much, as I said at the start, for taking the time to talk to me and answer the questions and for writing a series which has really captured the imaginations of all the children that I poked under the nose of and said, here, why don't you try this? They've all really loved it. And it's oh. I've enjoyed reading them as an adult because it's full of very clever little jokes and references that children perhaps might not get, but... Mm-hmm. Older readers do, so I've really enjoyed reading them too. So thank you. Thanks, Joe. That's it's it's been lovely. Thank you for all your support. Oh, you are most welcome. Thank you very much, and good night. Good night to you. Good night. Bye bye. <laughs> so there you go. If you haven't read any of David's superhero books, the full listing is number one, My Brother is a Superhero. Number two, My Gym Teacher is an Alien Overlord. Number three, My Evil Twin is a Supervillain. Number four, My Arch Enemy is a Brain in a Jar. And number five, the newest and last title in the series as it stands is My Cousin is a Time Traveler. It's also the blog tour this week for My Cousin is a Time Traveller. 
So if you want to read exclusive interviews with David, make sure you go onto Twitter and search for hashtag my cousin is a time traveller. I've also got a special interview with David on my blog www.librarygirlandbookboy.wordpress.com where he's talking about how his childhood would perhaps make it seem unlikely that he'd become a writer of funny books. It's really fascinating and make sure that you go and take a look. If you enjoyed David's interview or any of the other previous podcast episodes, do remember to make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss out on future upcoming broadcasts. Next week's episode is going to feature an interview with the very lovely Lorraine Gregory talking about her second novel, The Maker of Monsters. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to read more reviews or ask me for some recommendations you can find me on the Library Girl and Book Boy blog which I've already mentioned or you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as at booksuperhero2 or I have a Library Girl and Book Boy Facebook group. Do come and find me. I love sharing my recommendations of my favourite books and I will talk to you again next week. Bye bye!